John chapter 4. Now, this is one of those messages that very honestly, you know, it, I have so much, but I also know sometimes when I have too much, that means I just start skipping stuff and I then preach five minutes. So I don't know what's going to happen tonight. I do have a time I'm looking at getting done. We'll see what happens. Uh, but boy, there's so much here. And what we're going to look at tonight, uh, I believe in 2022 could be one thing that many Christians across our country and our world are struggling with more than anything else. Um, And we're going to look at that tonight. So I hope you have an open heart. John chapter 4. Tonight I'm not going to have you stand because we're going to read a whole lot tonight. And so I'm not going to have you stand. I'm so sorry, fellas. I I maybe missed that. They were ready to stand. I love that. Uh, Because I'm going to read a lot. I'm going to read a lot. And so as I read it, I want to talk through it, and and I want you to put yourself here in this story. John chapter 4, of course, most of you know John chapter 4 is about the woman at the well, and what an amazing, powerful story that is, and uh, of course, at the end of that story, Christ is going to give uh, basically a soul-winning and outreach-minded philosophy to the disciples. They'll hear that. Uh, Of course, we got Missions Emphasis Day. You'll probably hear one of the missionaries quote some of the verses here from John chapter 4. And so I kind of want to just read through the story. We'll highlight a few things, and then we'll get into the heart of the message as we get further in. John chapter 4, the Bible says in verse 1, "...when therefore uh, the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John." Though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. Verse 4, and he must needs go through Samaria. Of course, if you were looking at a map today, uh, you would see Judea and Galilee. And right in between them was this region called Samaria. And of course, the Jews uh, did not like the Samaritans. And many times the Jewish people traveling from Judea or Galilee or vice versa... Instead of going through the closest way, which was through Samaria, they would walk all the way around it. They did not want to go through Samaria. And so here's Jesus, knowing he's going, and he decides, him and his disciples are going through Samaria. Now, what's amazing about it, we know the rest of chapter 4. Why are you going to Samaria, Christ? Well, there's a woman at a well who needs a Savior. And so we know that now reading it, the disciples have no idea, right? They got no clue. Normally they would have walked around, but Jesus said he needed to go to Samaria. Look at verse 5. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey. By the way, Christ, 100% God, 100% man, here we see his humanity. As a man, he, he did have uh, weariness at times. We, we know he was sleeping on a boat in one occasion. Uh, and so here you see his humanity. And, and can I tell you and remind you, even though he was tired, he's still serving God. I don't know about you, but sometimes you get weary and, and you have these thoughts. Well, you know what? I know there's a ministry thing tonight, but I have had a long week. Uh, I'm glad that I get to read about Jesus who felt what I felt and yet still continued to serve his heavenly father. I'm reminded of what Jesus said as a young man. I must be about my father's business. Uh, and what a great thing. And, and I challenge you every single day to ask yourself that question. Did I do God's business today? Did I do my heavenly father's business today? Jesus was doing that. He's tired, but he's going to continue serving his heavenly father. So here he is. He's weary. They've traveled. Verse number six, 
with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Uh, of course, the sixth hour, if this was Jewish time, this would have been noon. No doubt hot. Uh, how many have ever been there where you've had a long walk, it's hot, and you just wanted to sit down for a second? Anybody ever been there? And I think we've all, we've all felt that. And, and that's what I picture Christ is doing here. He, they've traveled a long ways. It's the heat of the day. And here he is sitting by the swell. Verse number 7. There cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. Verse 8, where were the disciples? Well, verse 8 tells us, for his disciples were gone away unto the, what's that next word? Unto the city. Don't miss that word. We're coming back to that word later. They went away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, now we have this conversation with her in Christ. How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans? Of course, she's confused. Why, why is he asking me for water? The Jews don't like us. All these questions are in her mind. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, Thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Verse 11, The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Now, of course, we get the, 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 the greatness of seeing this in, in the past, so we understand what Jesus is saying. She doesn't have a clue. Anybody ever hear something that goes right over your head? That's her. She doesn't understand. Living water, what are you talking about? You don't have nothing to draw the water. It's not clicking yet. It will. It will, but it hasn't clicked yet. Verse number 12. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well? The answer was yes. He is greater than Jacob. Amen. And drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. Verse 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall never thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, uh, uh, sorry, shall thirst again, him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And of course, he's talking about eternal life. He's talking about believing in him, the, the Messiah, the Savior. Verse number 15. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. By the way, isn't it interesting that when she hears about this everlasting life, this everlasting water, you know what she wants? She wants it. She wants it. Don't sit there, Christian, and think that there aren't hundreds of people that pass you by every day that don't want to know about eternal life. There are people everywhere that are thirsting. For eternal life. By the way, we have the answer. Amen. 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 She wanted it. She hears this. She wants it. She wants it. Verse 16. Jesus unto saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. By the way, interesting part of the story, isn't it? Verse 17. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus saith unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou know, now hast is not thy husband. In that sayest thou truly. Whoop, he got her. She, she was given one of the, just enough info. It's not wrong, but it's not all true. Jesus already knew, though. He knew everything she'd ever done, every sin that she had committed. By the way, isn't it interesting that God knows everything we've ever done, yet still wants to accept me and you? The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship Verse 21, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh 
When ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye, ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship for salvation of the Jews, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Verse 25, it's starting to click. She hasn't been really understanding what he's saying up to this point. But now she's starting to get it. Verse 25, the woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. She's heard that. She knows he's coming. The Savior's coming. The Messiah's coming. They, they always talk about it. The Old Testament scriptures talked about it, pointed to it. She knows this, but she doesn't know she's talking to him. She hasn't gotten that connection, but, but she knows the Savior's coming. When he has come... He will tell us all things. Verse 26, Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Ting! The light bulb, I believe, went off in her head. She's putting all this together, and, and Jesus says, I am him. I am the Messiah. I am the Savior. And I think the light bulb went on. Ding, 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 ding. I knew something was about you, this guy. Man, this guy's different. Yeah, he's different. He's the son of God. He's God in flesh. He's Emmanuel. And he's standing there before her. Now, this is where the story gets interesting. Verse 27. And upon this came his disciples. We don't know exactly what, if there was more conversation between Jesus and his lady. We know she asked him. And he says, I am that Messiah. He says that, and then it's just like we, we stop. And the disciples, right in this moment, walk up. We know they went into the city, right? We know they went to find food. Can you see them walking in with, their, with the food in their hands? Probably a couple of them had their mouths, because men do that, especially when the ladies aren't around, right? When your wives aren't around. They're, they're, they got the food, okay? They're like chipmunks in the winter. They went into the town. They, they got their, their grub, and here they are. Feasting, feasting, and here's Jesus talking to this lady, this woman at the well, a Samaritan. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with a woman. They're a little surprised by this. Uh, no doubt they're surprised that he's talking to this Samaritan lady. Uh, they don't know why they're talking. They have no idea. They don't even, they don't even bother asking. They, they said, yet no man said, what seekest thou? Or why talkest thou with her? They they maybe didn't even join the conversation. Maybe they just stood off to the side eating, but they want no part of what's going on. They're, they see it, they're there at the well, but it seems like they're just letting Jesus talk to her, and they're going to continue eating off to the side. Verse 28, the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the, what's that next word? The city. The same city that the disciples just came out of, correct? I mean, maybe they went to a different one. Maybe they went a couple towns over for the food. My guess is they didn't. They probably had just been in this city. They've gotten the food. They've come back out. And here's this woman at the well who Jesus just revealed to her, I am the Messiah. The disciples are eating. And now this lady, we don't even have an answer from her yet. She just hears that he's the Messiah. We don't hear her answer yet. She takes off and she goes to the very city that they had just been in. Correct? Are we with me here? This is important. Verse 29. Look what she says. 
Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. I noticed this about the disciples. Where is their heart for people? Where's their heart for the lost? Where's their heart for these people who need Christ? If anyone should have been the ones that said, hey, come and see the Christ. We found him. By the way, think about the disciples. Hadn't each disciple really told each other about the Messiah at one point in their, in their, in their life? Where they, they, oh man, we met the Messiah. That's how they started following him, correct? And here they are, seemingly having lost a heart for people. Tonight, the title of the message is A Lost Heart. A Lost Heart. If anyone should have been the ones to go into this city and tell people about the Savior standing at a well, should it not have been the disciples? By the way, maybe tonight you're thinking, well, Brother TJ, this is early in their ministry. These disciples are, as I like to say to the teenagers, they're rookies. They're rookie to they're, they're just newly started. Maybe, Brother TJ, they haven't even had a heart for people yet. But need I remind you, Matthew, I believe it is, and Mark, where Jesus called them, specifically Peter, and said, I will make you fishers of men. See, when they started following Christ, there was this attachment to it. I'm going to follow Christ, but as I follow Christ, I'm supposed to bring people to Christ. I'm supposed to share Christ. And if we're not careful here in 2022, as Christians, we do a great job of following Jesus here inside of an auditorium, but we don't do a good job of sharing Christ outside of this auditorium with people who need Jesus. Here's these disciples just went into the same city that this woman now runs back to. She runs in and says, come meet the Messiah. It's him. The disciples were just in there and they didn't seem to mention Jesus at all to anyone. Maybe you say, well, but see, they, 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 they're new to it. Well, they, I think they knew what they were signing up for. Can I tell you, let's look at another passage. Let's dig deeper. Look, Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, I'm going quick. Stay with me. Everyone's still awake out there? I hope so, I'm trying. Luke chapter 9, look at verse 51. Now this story happens a little bit later, we believe, uh, but another Samaria incident. Luke chapter 9, verse 51. And it came to pass, when a time was come, that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. This is later in the ministry now. Christ is heading to Jerusalem. Why? He's about to die on the cross. He knows it's coming. The time is drawing near. He has the last little bit with his disciples. Verse 52. And sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. So they're once again in Samaria. They, it's a different city this time. Look at verse 53. And they did not receive him. Because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. So this Samaria city, they didn't want nothing to do with Jesus coming into their city. Everyone with me on this? Now watch the disciples. Maybe they've learned. Maybe this other Samaritan woman at a well, this other Samaritan city, they've learned their lesson on sharing Christ. Look at the next part. Verse 54, and when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou it that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elias did? Wow, very compassionate men, eh? Very, very nice guys. 
They don't want you, Jesus. Give us some power. We'll call fire down for you. Just like Elijah did in the Old Testament. We'll burn them to smithereens. They don't want you, Jesus. Let's just deal. Where's their heart for people? Where's their heart for people? Why weren't they on their knees in tears, weeping that they would get saved? Why weren't they praying that those people would come to faith in Christ? But instead, no, 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 they're like Jonah of the Old Testament. I don't want to preach in Nineveh. I don't want that. to send judgment, Lord. They want God to send down judgment. Verse 55, watch Jesus answer. They still don't understand, but he turned and rebuked them and said, you know not what manner of spirit you're of. For the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Woo! What a verse. Jesus Christ is here, 2022, not to destroy lives, but to save them. Save them from eternal hellfire, save them to heaven, and save them here on this earth from walking the rest of their life in sin and the consequences of it. He's here to save. And here the disciples are, missing, lacking a heart for the lost. Could I ask a question tonight? Have you lost your heart for sharing Christ? Have you lost your heart for sharing Christ? So many Christians were upset in 2020 that they could not assemble at church. By the way, how many felt that? Anybody? Anybody? I wasn't alone, okay. How many Christians were upset they couldn't share Jesus? I think you heard a lot less mumbling. How many people did you hear say, I just want to go knock a door and invite someone to church? See, Christians were so worried about themselves that they've lost a heart for people outside who need Jesus. Can I tell you, how, how do you lose a heart for people? That's what I want to look at tonight. How do you lose a heart for people? The disciples, clearly, I think they had a heart for people to start, but somewhere along the line, they've lost it. I want you to go to John 4. I've got four thoughts tonight. I've got 10 minutes. Can we make it? It might be 20. I told Mrs. Vessel, she said, when does Little Bear Bible Club need to be done? Because she deals with them little munchkins, right? And so when we preach too long, those children are, yeah, they're, they're testing their patience down there. Amen? So she asked me, I said, six at the earliest, six, ten at the latest. Everyone good with that? Are we good? Even if not, I'm preaching anyway. Sorry, you're, you're locked in. Okay, it's like when you get on the roller coaster, right? Anybody ever been on a roller coaster? Matt, once, once they buckle you in, you're in. What, especially once you start hearing the click, click, click. Click, click, click. Get me off. Get, nope, dude, you're, it's too late, bro. You're in it now. Okay, I have tricked many a team. Anyway, anyway. It's not that bad. It's just a small hill. Small hill, I can see my house from 500. Anyway, I've tricked some people on that. How do you lose a heart for sharing Christ? Look at verse number four. John chapter four, verse number four. The Bible says this, and he must needs go through Samaria. Here's how you lose a heart for sharing Christ with others. The disciples were following God, but not thinking about why. They were following God, but not thinking about the why. Anybody ever followed someone and maybe you weren't paying attention and they led you somewhere you didn't really want to go? Or maybe you went there and you were just aimlessly following and it kind of messed you up. Anybody ever had that kind of experience? I remember I was a new college student. Freshman, first week of college, 
I don't know anyone except for a few people. I don't know where I am. I'm lost all the time. I set up a meeting with uh, one of the, the, the professors there to meet with him. It's like day two. And so I asked him, I said, where's this guy's office? And of course, they give lovely directions. How many have ever heard directions like this? You know, you take a right down that hallway, then a left, and then it's straight down that hallway. Anybody ever heard something like that? That's just great directions. Thank you. Right, left, hall, got it. Awesome. I thought I had it, so I started heading down the hallway. And, of course, as always, you start take, you take a turn, you take a turn, you're like, okay, I think it's down this hallway, but I'm not positive. Oh, there looks like someone who knows where they're going. Uh, I see this lady. And uh, she, she, of course, looks like maybe a senior in college, very sharply dressed. And I'm like thinking she's got her act together. She's going down a hallway. I think that's the hallway. She opens the door. Uh, I come right behind her. And she, she turns around. I say, thank you for holding the door for me. And uh, I actually held it for her. She goes through. I'm going to follow her right in. And she stops. And she looks at me. I said, what are you doing? I said, I'm headed to Mr. Such and Such's office. She says, uh, this is the girl's dormitory. And I thought, well, praise the Lord. Uh, that's not where I was headed. And, uh, of course, I tried to play it off. Like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I, by the way, I'm sure I turned purple. Okay, I was blushing, man. I, I was... Obviously not heading down the right... By the way, she was mad. And I was almost mad she was mad, because I really didn't know. But, I mean, I guess in her shoes, she's like, look at this creep, okay? You know, what is he doing? I, I was... She was upset. And I was following her thinking, not, not knowing that I was headed the wrong direction. And if we're not careful in our Christian life, we get so busy following God, but we're not looking at why is God taking me this direction? Why is God leading me in this direction? Why is this happening at my job? Why is this happening at work? Why is this happening in my family? We have these things that we know God is leading us on, but we never stop to ask why. Why, Jesus, are you taking us to Samaria? Why? Why are we going? Uh, I, I have Andrew Dalby. Andrew Dalby, I don't think, is in the room tonight. Uh, he would get a chuckle out of this. I believe he's downstairs, maybe. Andrew Dalby is one of our junior high boys, and I take him, and he has all... Why, Brother T, where are we going? Why are we going? It's like, Andrew, stop. Okay? We'll get there when we get there. And we're going to do whatever we're going to do when we get there. Okay? Why? Why? But can I tell you what a great thought for a young person to have? These disciples know it's weird they're going to Samaria, but they never ask Jesus why. Why, Jesus? Well, there's a woman at the well we need to talk to. Why, Jesus? There's a city that's about to come to faith in Christ. They don't ask why. Sure, they're following, but they miss the why. And if you're not careful, Christian, can I tell you this? You go through the trials of life, the journey of life, and God is sending people your way that you are there for one reason alone. To share Jesus with them. The trial that you face. The problem that you may be going through. Tonight could it be that as you follow God. God is bringing people to you. Maybe that's the why. The disciples missed it. They were following God but they were not thinking of the why. Uh, I have teens and sometimes I'll need stuff moved and. Of course, see these pianos? These things are wonderful. They're so great, except they weigh a ton, probably two tons. Check that. I don't know. They're heavy. And from time to time, we need these moved, right? 
And so I'll go to a classroom. I usually go to the junior and seniors. If we struggle, I have to get about 3,000 7th and 8th graders because it takes that many to move these pianos. I'll walk in there and I'll say, hey, I need, I need six guys that, that, that uh, or check that, junior hires, I need 30 guys, okay? Uh, I need some guys who are willing uh, to help me with something. And of course, they want to get out of class, amen? Do you blame them for that? It's like, sit in math class or help Brother TJ for five minutes, possibly get some candy from Mrs. Vestal for moving something. They don't even know they're moving something. They just, yep, I'm signed me up, sign me up. And I'll say, follow me. They don't know where they're going. They don't know why they're going. And they start following. And by the way, I, I like that. But as Christians, can I tell you, as we follow God, sometimes you have to ask this question, why? Could it be that maybe there's a woman at a well that you need to minister to? Could it be maybe one of your family members needs Christ? The coworker needs Christ? Why? Why is God leading me here? Number two, how do you lose a heart for sharing Christ? Look at verse 27, chapter 4, verse 27. The Bible says, And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest uh, thou with her? Number two, how do you lose your heart for sharing Christ? You don't ever look to reach people. You don't look to reach people. Look at verse 35. By the way, I forgot on my first point. Jesus here at the end, verses 34 through 38, he teaches them everything. Every point that I'm going to say tonight, Jesus then reiterates in these verses. I skipped it on number one. Forgive me. Trust me, it's there. It's actually verse number uh, 34 to do God's work. But look at verse number uh, 35. It says, Say not ye, then there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. We know Jesus is talking about a harvest of souls, people getting saved. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. Look. 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 Look for people. Can I tell you, how do you lose a heart for reaching people? You quit looking. You quit looking. I got to hasten here, I'm sorry. It comes down to what we focus on. Could you not give one hour a week to share Christ? One hour? Pastor Justin gets up here and promotes... Hey, we're having this special outreach event. By the way, everybody's busy. Everybody know that? By the way, if you're not busy, teach me your ways. There's not a single person on planet Earth that's not busy. Even the laziest people on planet Earth will tell you this. Oh, I'm busy. Yeah, you're busy eating potato chips. Praise the Lord. Okay? But, hey, that is some busy. They're doing something, right? Hey, listen. Could it not be that one hour you could share Jesus a week? You say, Brother T.D., I'm working. We're all working. Could you not give one hour to share Christ with someone? You lose your heart for people when you stop looking at people. You don't look to reach them. Uh, how many grew up taking a hunter safety course? Anybody ever take that? By the way, the funniest thing ever. I was a little kid, took my hunter safety course. Their video, it was the dumbest video I've ever watched. Okay? Of course, my dad was really big on hunter safety, so like I walked into that class, Brother Aaron, I was like a master. Okay, My dad would have killed me if I'd have failed that test. Like He prided himself, you better know safety with guns. I mean, that was him. 
And man, I went in there and it shows you a picture. And of course, one of the things they always teach you is whenever you shoot at something, right? Whenever you're looking at the deer, the, the bear, the moose, whatever target you're aiming at, what do you always need to do? Look at what's on the other side of it. What's, of course, in the video, they have a bear and there's a dude standing right behind it going, ah. It's like, yeah, don't shoot. Okay. By the way, I answered that question correctly on the test, right? Don't shoot at that bear slash person right behind him. Okay. I passed it. It was awesome. Look at what's beyond. And can I tell you today, if you're not careful, you get so focused on your goals, your dreams, your business, your family. By the way, all good stuff. All good stuff. But you miss the fields that are white, ready to harvest on the other side. The people who need Christ. Number three, how do you lose a heart for people? The disciples didn't see the needs of the woman. The disciples never saw the needs of the woman. I, want to write, I wrote down just a few. I didn't have a ton of time on, to write down more. I probably could have wrote a thousand. What did Jesus see versus what did they see? Jesus saw a hurting and broken lady. They saw a lady getting water. Jesus saw a sinner in need of a savior. They saw a lady getting water. Jesus saw a lady with relationship problems. They saw a lady getting water. Jesus saw someone who was searching for answers. They saw a lady getting water. Jesus saw someone who was spiritually thirsty. They saw a lady. Are you getting the picture tonight? They saw a lady. They didn't even ask. They didn't want to even know. They didn't want a part of the conversation. They don't even know why she's there. They see a lady getting water and Jesus sees someone who had questions. Jesus saw someone looking for the Messiah. Jesus saw a woman who was about to get saved. Jesus saw a woman who was about to start a revival. Jesus saw a town who needed Christ. Jesus saw men, women, and children who needed him. Jesus saw the fields white all ready to harvest. And the disciples saw a lady getting water. There was a great need. But they never saw it. Because they weren't looking for the need. And can I tell you... There are so many people out there with the need of Christ. Uh, how many have gone to the mall recently? I hate the mall. Anybody hate the mall with me? Okay. I don't like the parking lots. Okay. Terrible parking lots. By the way, Christmas time. Don't go. Do not do it. Save yourself some, some time and energy. Online shopping. Praise God. 2022. Listen, I don't like going to the mall. Sometimes I have to. I just got this, this suit from J.C. Penney's. Thank you. It looks nice. Hopefully I don't stain it. Okay, I still have just another hour or two here. Okay, then, then I'll put it away. Hopefully it doesn't get stained. Brother Justin's trying to jinx me. Okay, he's been trying to jinx me all day. Uh, I don't like going to the mall, but you know what? Every time I walk through the mall, I leave the mall and I want to go share Jesus with somebody. I know I can't at the mall, but I walk through those, those places and I just think, they need Jesus. They need help. I see teenagers with no parents around. I see parents who look like they can't keep it together and they have kids. I see children that you're like, where are your parents? I see broken people. When I see that, I just think, I got to tell someone about Jesus. Can I tell you, don't lose looking for the needs of people. And if you're not careful, you lose a heart for sharing Jesus because you don't see the need. Jesus saw it. Lastly, number four, the disciples, how do you lose a heart for sharing Christ? 
the disciples were too busy feeding themselves. <laughs> Why did they go into the city? Food. They were so busy taking care of themselves, they forgot to look past themselves and look to the fields that were white. A revival was about to break out, and the disciples are chewing on some lamb chops. I'm just kidding. I don't know what they were eating. They were so busy feeding themselves that they missed the people around. Can I tell you, Christian, there is a feeding thing, right? We are supposed to spiritually be fed. That's why your Bible reading, your prayer time is so important. You personally feeding yourself. Aren't you glad we have pastors and men here at our church who spiritually feed themselves? They go home. They get energized from God's word. They get energized from being on their knees in prayer. Spiritually fed individually. Here at our church, we have Sunday school classes where those teachers prepare and slave over lessons to feed the people who show up into their class. We have preachers who preach God's word to spiritually feed. And that is great. But can I say this? Too much eating and not enough exercising is not ever helping you. I like eating, but can I tell you, if I eat and don't exercise, we all know what happens, amen? Freshman 15, except it's like 10 years late, right? COVID 20, amen? Hey, if you eat and don't exercise, it doesn't help you. And can I say this, Christian, if you come to church and only are getting fed, but you never walk outside of these church doors and don't exercise the faith and don't exercise what you've been taught and don't exercise what God's word says, can I say this? You're an unhealthy Christian today. You're an unhealthy Christian today. I like soccer. Any soccer fans out there? Okay. I know we have some football fans. Okay. Don't hate. Don't hate on soccer. Okay. I know it's not football. Mauricio, I see you giggling. Okay. Don't hate. I enjoy soccer in Europe. Of course, soccer's huge in Europe. They, they call, of course, we call it soccer practice, right? They call it the training ground, right? The training ground. And every, their practice, they go out on their training ground and they train. Why do they train? They train for the game. Every week is the game. Most teams play once or twice a week and most, and they, they, they have that training ground time every single day, and then it's time to go play in the game. And can I tell you, that's what church is. Church is the training ground. We get to come here. We get to study God's word together. We get refueled from God's word. We get recharged. Aren't you glad we get to rub shoulders with awesome Christians in this room today? I love that. Our saints, our teenagers, praise God. We, we charge each other. We fuel each other up. Why? Because we know when we walk outside these doors, we walk into the world where not everyone's a Christian. Not everyone believes the way we do. Not everyone is a believer. And can I tell you, it's game time. It's game time. Can I ask you, Christian, have you lost, have you lost your heart for sharing Christ with other people? Have you lost it? For many people, they lost it during 2020. They got so bent out of shape about not coming out of church. By the way, I don't blame you. But could I tell you, are you bent out of shape about not seeing people saved? By the way, aren't you glad we come to a church where we get to see, see, see people saved in our services almost every week? Isn't that awesome? But can I tell you, for every one we see saved here, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds out there that need Jesus Christ. Maybe it's us, the disciples of Christ, who are the ones who need to go. By the way, verse 37, Jesus mentions this. He says, and herein is that one saith true, one soweth Christ, Christ soweth, and another 
reapeth. It's our job to not just eat, but to reap a harvest of souls for Jesus Christ. I'll close with this. It is 6.08. Two minutes. I'm looking awesome. Anybody ever been to Joanne Fabrics? Anybody like that? Any men? Come on now. Where's my men? Yeah, men. Okay. You had to tie us up and throw us in a shopping cart to get us in there. The other day I went to Joanne Fabrics with my wife and my kids. It was an adventure. And uh, we were, we were going to get some fleece for some fleece blankets. I know, so cute, okay. And uh, we just, we had a great time. And of course we got there and right outside Joanne, we didn't even go in. There are fleece blankets, like pre-made the two colors, Mrs. Holman, like you know, on clearance. Of course, most of them were Christmas. I think it's a little early for Christmas fleeces. That's why they were trying to get me. And so I'm looking through, me and my wife, we're digging through. We're not even in the store. We're digging through, right? And, of course, we found, like, two of them that I thought, man, this would be good for our son. This would be good for our daughter, you know, very cute, very. One was like a football one. I'm like, yeah, we'll wrap them up in that, yeah, you know, man stuff. And so I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm looking through. They're good deals, Brother Ryan, good deals. Good. They weren't the best, but good deals. I mean, they weren't the coolest, but they weren't the worst. And, of course, me and my wife, we almost, like, didn't, we're, we're like, this is it. I mean, we're right here, pre-made. And then we went in. And it was like, hallelujah. My voice, I couldn't get up that high, by the way. Aren't you proud of me, guys? Okay, couldn't go up. I tried to go really high, didn't work. It wasn't a voice crack, it was just a lack of voice. Man, we went in, and dude, talk about a fleece selection. I mean, there was every color, every pattern. I mean, it was unbelievable. And can I tell you, Christian, if you're not sharing Jesus, you're standing outside, and it's good. It's good. It is good being a follower of Jesus. Amen. But if you don't ever share your faith, you're missing one of the most wonderful things of the Christian life. For this earth, the people that you personally, you personally shared your faith with them. There is nothing better on this planet than that. And someday when you get to heaven, the people that you personally led to Jesus and are walking on the streets of gold because you didn't lose a heart for people. Could I challenge you tonight, Christian, to share Jesus at work when you have a chance, to your family members when the opportunity comes, to a complete stranger if the Lord puts you in a position you think, why could it be you need to share Jesus? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm going to ask Pastor Justin to come up and he's going to lead us in our invitation. But with heads bowed, eyes closed, I wonder if there's first and foremost someone here tonight. Maybe you don't know Jesus yourself. And you're thinking, Brother TJ, I want that living water. Can I tell you? All you have to do is accept Jesus. It's not complex. He didn't make it hard. All you have to do is pray and ask him into your heart. I'm going to lead a simple prayer. And if you're here tonight, I don't know if there's someone that's not saved. But if there's someone tonight who you need to accept Jesus and you want to do it, just like that woman in the well, you want to accept him, you want to believe on him, with heads bowed, eyes closed, I'm going to say a prayer. Would you pray it in your heart if you need to trust Christ? Dear Lord, please come to my heart and save me. And Jesus, take me to heaven when I die. I believe and trust in you, Jesus. With heads bowed, eyes closed, is there anyone tonight that say, Brother TJ, I prayed that prayer in my heart.
and I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior. I'm the only one looking. Is there anyone say, Brother T.D., I prayed and asked Jesus in my heart. Is there anyone like that? Would you slip your hand up so I can see it? Appreciate that. With heads bowed, eyes closed. I wonder if there's someone tonight, say, Brother T.J., I need to do a better job of sharing Jesus. Brother T.J., would you pray for me? Would you pray that I'd have boldness and courage and that God would lead me and, and he would guide me to those people and God would give me the opportunity for that family member, that coworker. How many say, Brother T.J., would you pray for me tonight that I would share Christ and not lose that heart? Would you slip your hands up? No one looking. Would you slip your hands up and say, Brother T.J., would you pray for me tonight? I see hands all over the room. Boy, I hope tonight that God spoke to your heart. With heads bowed, eyes closed, would you stand to your feet tonight? The piano's going to play. Pastor Justin's going to come. If you need to make a spiritual decision, the altar's open if you'd like to come forward tonight. Powerful message from God's Word. Let it work in your heart. Maybe you'd like to follow Lord in baptism. We have a young lady doing that tonight. I'd love for you to come forward. We'll take care of that. Maybe you'd like to join the church. Maybe you have some questions about that. Maybe you just have a burden or a need. Our pastors down here would love to pray with you. Let me encourage you uh, just to take a moment and reflect on the challenge given. Oftentimes I remember those who gave the gospel to me. Oh, I'm far from perfect in this. But uh, there's opportunities all the time that God puts in our path and we take advantage of them. And uh, maybe we just maybe pass the gospel track out. Or maybe we can just uh, uh, go out and, and, and just invite people to come to church where they hear the gospel. Um, let me encourage you just to allow God to work in your heart as the piano plays. Maybe pray for someone around you that you don't know and say, Lord, I don't know them. I don't know them very well, but I pray you'll be with them. Be with their family. Be with their job. Be with their uh, spiritual walk with you. Maybe pray for each other tonight a little bit that God will just work in our hearts and bring unity and and bring uh, a blessing upon their life as well. show you may be seated um sharon kim is one of our uh, korean students that are staying with the hoxies gave her life to christ a couple weeks ago and she wants to follow lord in baptism this morning this evening so brother hoxie's getting ready for that so while she's getting ready let's go ahead and watch the next video and let's be up to date on a few things that are coming up and how we can be a part Don't miss our Missions Emphasis Day next Sunday, October 23rd with Dave Maskey, missionary to Nigeria, who will be speaking for us. We'll be sharing updates from some of our missionaries on the field, and everyone will have the opportunity to decide how they can be involved in worldwide missions. Join us as we celebrate the work of Christ being done around the world. There is an overtime teen activity next Sunday night. 
We will meet for s'mores and games following the 5 p.m. service. The activity will end around 7.30 p.m. We're getting ready for a musical Christmas production and could use your help. If you're interested in joining the orchestra, adult choir, teen choir, or children's Christmas choir, please see Kristen Vestal. Choir and orchestra practices have already started and are every Sunday at 3.45 p.m. For teen choir and children's choir for Christmas, there's a sign-up sheet at the welcome desk and a flyer to pick up for information. For any and all questions, please see Kristen Vestal. We are so excited uh, for our Trunk or Treat Sunday coming up October 30th at 5 p.m. Many of you have helped us with this event in the past, and we're so thankful for it. We are so excited for another year of Trunk or Treat. Uh, there's a few things that you could do to help us out. Number one, we would love for you to sign up. Decorate a trunk, uh, have a theme, uh, things like that. Have a small game. It's going to be a great time. A few other ways that you could help us out is uh, we will have a bin on the information desk for candy. Uh, if you'd like to come and bring some candy, some prepackaged candy, we'd love for you to be able to do that. Uh, maybe that's not something you'd be able to do. What we're going to do this year as well is we have a designated section in our giving where if you go online to give or if you want to put it in your envelope right there and just put trunk or treat, uh, we'll be able to go out and purchase the candy needed uh, for this special event. We are so excited for all that God has in store for trunk or treat this year. And we hope that you're planning on getting involved with this wonderful event. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you, and you will receive a gift card. Have a great week, and we'll see you Wednesday night at 7. chapel in September, I think September 6th or 7th, is that right? And so we're going to baptize her this evening. Sharon, upon a public profession of your faith in Christ, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Okay. Well, a great conclusion to a great day. Just one quick announcement. Uh, deacons and wives who are part of the uh, meeting tonight will be starting in about 10 minutes. Everyone else have a great, great week. We'll look forward to seeing you Wednesday night. Take care. Please know God loves you and this pastor loves you. Have a great week.